the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about Apple's new iPad. We can talk about Social Security. Social Security benefits going up next year. Benefits for nearly 58 million people will increase by about 1.5% next year. Now, Social Security is funded by you and I, uh, who are employed. Is a 12.4% tax. I know you're saying, I pay 12.4% in taxes to Social Security? No, you pay 6.2% of taxes, of your uh, tax, of your income. A lot of people don't know that. The old payroll tax. So that's going up as well. Uh, not as a percentage, but the amount that it's taxed up to 117000 anything after that's uh, skip. So there's about a 1.5% increase for Social Security uh, benefits next year. The average Social Security benefit for disabled veterans, for the disabled in the United States, for people in social in retirement, $1,272 pre-tax. That hurts. Ouchie. Ouchie, Daddy. Ouchie. Oh, my. Boeing said to near... 777X order haul of $87 billion. Well, what's interesting to note about this, the redesigned 777X jetliner, um, you know, it's four airlines that are looking for it, 255 planes, 100 to 150 for Dubai-based Emirates, about 50 for Cater Airlines, as many as 30 for Etihad. Cafe Pacific also weighing in on the potential order. It would definitely be a huge vote of confidence in the aircraft. The 777 is already a proven aircraft, and most airlines already fly them. It's kind of interesting. It's not the most interesting. And elsewhere in the world of transportation, Tesla. They're buying enough batteries to quadruple production by 2017. They've greatly expanded the number of lithium-ion battery cells that it's buying from Panasonic. Hinting at a major increase in production of the Model S and upcoming Model X SUV. Under the new agreement, Panasonic will supply nearly 2 billion cells over the next four years. 
pretty interesting. And probably not the most interesting to our average listener, but interesting nonetheless. Um, stock market. Another day, another record for the S&P 500 yesterday. The Dow is still not quite at the record close. The NASDAQ. Okay. Let's see here as far as numbers go today. Um, markets are in earnings season, so we're getting names like Starbucks. We're getting names like Facebook today. I think that's interesting to you know watch the development. Two very different companies, right? So, separate report today on the living, not on living, but on on wages uh, will come out. There's also a report today tied towards. Um, jobs, private sector job payroll growth. It came out kind of anemic. I wouldn't say that it was disastrous, but it is what it is. SP 500 is up fractions, based on 1772. The Dow's up nine, sitting at 16,689. The Nasdaq down two, sitting at 3,900. My email's not working terribly well today. Just so you know, stock markets and its winning ways are positive. See, IBM said its board is. Authorize an initial $15 billion stock purchase repurchase. Wall Street's kind of digging revenue right now, not really digging buybacks. Uh, Comcast and General Motors both topped expectations. The Comcast number that I saw was a little bit on the disappointing side because they continue to lose subscribers. And I think that is a trend. Cable's doing well as far as television. It's golden age of cable. A lot of people are consuming their media in different manners, uh, whether it be the HBO Go channel, uh, if you subscribe to HBO, or whether it be Hulu, uh, Netflix. People are changing the way they're consuming their media. So Comcast is kind of getting the brunt of that. Even though they reported solid numbers, they did lose subscribers. CPI, it wasn't that big of a deal today. Um, Consumer price inflation rose two-tenths of a percent. It's really tough for me to get on radio and television and talk CPI because a lot of people just don't want to hear it. I mean, it's that kind of simple. Best Buy is running a big CAD campaign this holiday season. So they're trying to basically stop you from buying from Amazon.com this year. The benefits of Best Buy's in-store experience is going to be touted. Company's own online store. Ads are going to feature Will Arnett, Mayor Rudolph, Jason Schwartzman, and LL Cool J. Is there anything cool about LL Cool J now? Probably not, right? Are you with me? He is me. Private sector job growth falls further in October. That's a tough one because we have that whole government thing happening, so it's, it's tough to get much of a read on it. The Obama administration continues to take heat on the health care issue. Uh, no matter what happens, the people are losing their current health care. seems to be true that they're going to lose it. There doesn't seem to be any other way around it. It's more of a government health care program that we're buying into than anything else, in my opinion. Got a big event coming up. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Even though some of my old seminars are still there, um, if you toggle down, uh, building a retirement portfolio that lasts Thursday the 7th, so eight days from now, that's fast. So it's the San Jose Radisson Airport Hotel, soon to be the Four Points by Sheraton. Um, so doing a building a retirement portfolio that lasts, it's my last seminar 
workshop event of the year, November 7th from 630 to 9, what you can do to avoid running out of money in retirement. Uh, CFP Chad Burton will help run, talk about reducing risk with diversification, bond alternatives, retirement products, how to rebalance portfolio in retirement, and how to create a tax-efficient distribution plan. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Hey, everybody, tomorrow's Halloween. Did you know? So tune in to Channel 4 Cron tomorrow to see if I have a costume or not. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Um, Fed expected to maintain stimulus amid soft data out there. GM earnings tumble 53% on losses in Europe. Uh, that sounds pretty shocking. Company earned $698 million in the quarter. Revenue rose 4% to $39 billion. So the losses in Europe was a lot of one-time charges. So GM stock is actually trading up today about 2%, almost 3%. Uh, even though income fell 53%. Like, that's one of the things that headlines have a problem with. Uh, you can't get the whole story. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Okay, the next issue on healthcare. Will that be the thing that like really shocks our nation? You know, the giant router funnels tax and income information to the new federal and state government websites designed to sell medical coverage. Model of efficiency and security. It's critical to success of the HHS in attracting enough customers. There is a lot of technology going on here. The IRS is moving center stage in the next year or two to assume responsibility for enforcing 46 new tax-related provisions and tax associated with Obamacare. Will they be able to run it smoothly? Because they're going to they're gonna have to collect hundreds of billions of dollars a year that the government's owed. It's going to be pretty overwhelming. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Big event coming up next Thursday in San Jose. Home sales. 500 index up two points to 1773. That is a record. And that's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. So probably the scariest story I could give you this Halloween is this one. Okay, I don't have one. No, I do. But it's not going to be as spooky as you think. It's not like Suze Orman give me a back rub. No, it's not that kind of scary. Mars candy errors. Charged in a deadly accident. This is the story that should scare you, especially if you have children. The heiress to chocolate empire Mars is facing reckless driving charges following a deadly accident earlier this month in Northern Virginia. 
Records showed that the 73-year-old Jacqueline Mars, 73 years old, fell, be- fell asleep behind the wheel before crossing a median and crashing into a minivan carrying six people. One of the occupants of the minivan, an 86-year-old Irene Ellisor, had been riding in the back seat of the minivan and was not wearing a seatbelt. Pregnant driver was critically injured and lost her baby. Four other passengers also hospitalized. They were en route from Texas to a wedding in Virginia. As court proceedings began, you know, clearly a lot of injury and loss and a tragic accident. She is worth $20.5 billion. She's one of the richest people in the world. 15th. She's 73 years old and she's driving herself and she fell asleep behind the wheel. If that story doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. Now, we already have cars that can drive. We've got cars that are safer driving than a 73-year-old. Now, here's the optimism in the story. In 20 years from now, this won't be an issue. If our Congress can do the right thing and make sure that they legalize automated driving vehicles, who knows if they will. Teenagers won't drink and drive. They'll drink. They just won't drive. You know, teenagers will be teenagers, right? The cool thing is, is there'll be mapping technologies in all cars that parents will be able to track where their kids actually went to. Insurance companies will be able to track if you speed or if you drive recklessly. And I know you're going, I don't want Cong- I don't want them to know that. I'm- call my congressman. Go ahead, you big baby. Now, what's scarier than an old person driving? I don't know. To me, that is a nightmare. Another nightmare is a teenager driving drunk. Because not only do they not have experience driving, they, they don't have experience with alcohol. Double combination. It's just crazy. There is a barge floating around in San Francisco. Two of them. One in Portland, Maine. We don't know anything about these barges. We think it's some sort of Google wireless technology. It's a secretive structure. There's actually fencing around the structure to basically hide it. If you think I'm kidding, go Google Google's barge in the bay. Um, so we think it's going to be tied towards some wireless technology. Uh, Google is always working on, not, I'm not going to say the next cool thing, but they've got a division that's set up to you know, really stretch their legs i.e. the Google wireless car. 401k savers don't save enough for retirement. And it's pretty tragic. Americans stashed over $300 billion a year into the 401k. That sounds like a lot of money, but it's still not enough for Americans to be able to retire. Most Americans with 401ks and other defined benefit plans are accumulating debt faster than they're saving for retirement. You know, a lot of people think they're entitled and deserve a new car. A lot of people think they're entitled. And what's the word entitled mean? It doesn't mean you think you're rich. You're just you're spending as if you are. The amount that retirement plan participants spent to pay down debts has risen nearly 70% in the last 20 years. So we're taking on too much debt. We're not saving enough. Half of retirement plan savers... 50 to 65 are accruing debt faster than building it up. They're spending an average of 22% of their income paying down debt. 
So the overall result is that older workers have only about two years of retirement income saved. Two years. Uh, you need 17 years at least. It's going to become a bit of a problem. I was talking to a group of coworkers, and we're trying to say, what went wrong with America? That the whole income gap thing is out there, and that there's so many people who are unemployed, and there's so many people who are on disability and Social Security, and there's so many people who are getting food stamps. What went wrong? And, you know, one person instantly goes, it's the corporations, it's the corporations. But our corporations have to pay some of the highest taxes in the world. So you can't say you can expect a lot more. And do you want to dismantle corporations and set up socialism or communism? Maybe. I don't know. You can't say it's the wealthy not paying their fair share of taxes. Even if they're taxed at 75%, we're not going to be able to pay for all of our entitlement programs. 75% is crazy, and it would disenfranchise, and it disincentivize people, people from you know, trying to get ahead in the world. I think part of our problem is we're having too many babies. I think part of our problem is our education system is too expensive and we don't push our kids, which is interesting to note what I just said. I don't think we push our kids enough. There's so many rules now about how you have to be, you know, not like your parents. You know, our parents spanked us, our parents disciplined us, our parents put a little fear of failure into us. You know, if your kid scores five goals in a soccer match, he's told to go sit down. You know, if your kid is a leader, they, they either bump him up to the next class where other kids are, you know, his skill are better. Or they put him with weaker people in his own current group. Our school systems are failing on that level. I don't know if it's as widely perceived by the majority as it is by me. But I think we're just asking a lot less of our kids. And I think we're treating them with... with kid gloves. I don't think it's okay to have your kid living with you when he's 30 years old. If that's his only option, we have to find other options. You know, he can live with you as long as he's going to grad school. He can live with you as long as he's getting something in math and science, as long as he's getting his you know, degree to become a, a vet or his uh, dental degree to be a hygienist. I think we've become too soft as a nation. I think we have too many children who are too soft. You know, I'm not going to say China has got it right with the one-child thing. But a lot of people look at our country and they're going like, how do we solve our problems? Do we declare war on old people? Do we declare war on babies and only limit one to a family? It's something to do with those numbers. A lot more than it is with taxes. It's Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money. Let's do more. 
Oh, my. Yelp reviewers are suing the company because they think they're employees. If you have a textbook and it has an example, this is frivolous lawsuits. A group of reviewers recently filed a class action lawsuit against Yelp, claiming that the company should treat them like employees and pay them for their reviews. Yelp thinks the suit is frivolous. My personal opinion on frivolous lawsuits is that there should be quadruple damages done if it's proven to be frivolous against the people who brought the class action suit. The suit argues that since Yelp's business model and success is dependent on its over 42 million users' submit reviews, the company technically employs those users and should fork over some cash, wages, reimbursement, and damages. The plaintiffs believe that willfully volunteering to share their thoughts about a business makes them employees because Yelp can only make money if it has their reviews. Yep, this is going to be in our courts. You will pay a judge in the state of California to review this crap. Does that not, like, tell you, like, maybe we could solve our, our funding issues in America? Maybe. If we could get rid of things like this. CBS is developing a streaming online news channel. It's going to help boost the audience for news division of CBS. This is according to the New York Times. Final stages is developing an online news channel that would be streamed only. That's interesting. CBS has kind of fallen behind as far as, you know, figuring out new opportunities in news. Their rivals continue to grow and diversify their offerings. Take your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's take, let's take a look at the market numbers. We've got the SP 500 up fractions, the Dow's up three, the NASDAQ's down a half. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. We all know how to accumulate wealth. Well, no, I'm not going to say we all know, but we got the general concept to accumulate wealth. When do you start drawing down on your IRA, your individual retirement account? Well, you have to start drawing on it on your IRAs, 401ks, um, even not on Roth IRAs unless you inherit one, but at the age of 70 and a half. So, what you actually have to do in retirement prior to your asset allocation planning is do your income and tax planning. Okay. So what happens is you end up with a certain amount of money in taxable accounts that kicks off dividends and interest, and it's going to be a tax issue no matter what you do. Then you have your Social Security and, and or pensions and rental income. So you have to calculate what your taxes are automatically, regardless of whether you take the money or not. Because if you have dividends paid to you on your stock and mutual fund portfolios and your taxable accounts... Whether you spend it or not, it's taxable income. So what I like to do is say, okay, how much is my automatic taxable income and how much more can I take out of my IRAs right away once I retire in order to stay at the existing tax bracket? And in fact, on newfocusfinancial.com, there's, a, there's kind of a, a short, shortened version of the long, longer-term retirement boot camp that I do that shows people how you allocate things once you've done that tax planning. So... What you have to do is change your thinking. A lot of people put off as long as possible taking money out of the IRA, but what you do is say, how much can I take out of this existing bracket? Um, Because there's a scenario that I show where you can have well over $100,000 of income and still be at a 15% federal bracket if you do it the right way. So always think about how much can I take out. If you don't need to spend it, convert it to a Roth IRA. 
Um, so 70.5 is the forced rule, but you want to pre-plan and control your taxes over the long term. And what you do in terms of your income planning and how much you can pull out of your IRAs goes back into your asset allocation. The thing that I like about this is it's really not up for argument, and a lot of people have come up with their own rules, and they make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you want to be – I think you're leaning towards the word efficient. Tax efficient, tax efficient. income planning. It's, it's a really a longer-term view of your tax planning rather than a shorter term. Some people take the short-term view of saying, what's the least amount of taxes I can pay this year and next year, right? Right. And they don't realize that if they do that, in the future they could increase their tax burden drastically instead of trickling the tax burden out over the time, over time. Um, so it's, it's really important to, to do that. And also, you know, it's, it goes back into how you should invest during retirement. And that's where certain assets should be held. For example, in retirement, you typically want a lot of your normal, your corporate bonds, things like that in your retirement accounts, right. kicking off interest, paying you. Um, right away rather than being deferred. Let's go back in time, though. Let's go back to when you're 20, 30. In your IRAs, do you want income? Do you want dividend stocks in your IRAs or do when you want them outside? When you're in 20, 30, what, what you want is growth. Right. You want to be dollar-cost averaging into growth areas, so that means large cap, small cap, mid cap in the U.S., but also probably 25 to 30% overseas with at least half of that exposure in emerging markets. So... Once you get done maxing, most people can't afford to max their 401k in and then invest outside of that. So all of that goes into your 401k. But when you start maxing out all of your retirement options and you have extra money to save, in your taxable accounts, that should be more of your longer-term kind of broad large-cap exposure should be your taxable accounts. And then your small-cap, mid-cap, international emerging markets, all of that should be held in your retirement accounts because they tend to have more turnover. Uh, when a foreign stock pays a dividend, it's not a qualified dividend necessarily in the U.S. So, again, you, you kind of want that in your retirement accounts. Um, so for younger people, once you are able to save outside your 401K, just you can look at some of the iShares, some of the core iShare ETFs, and buy those for free in, in, in your brokerage account. Back to the retired person and taking money out of an IRA mm-hmm. and efficiency doing it. One of the areas that I first learned when I got into the business many years ago was that old people don't like paying taxes. It was a weird statement. that Someone come, came up to me and was like, don't do any transaction. That's going to create a tax uh, liability for someone because old people don't like paying taxes. Yep. What do you think about that statement? Well, it's, it's true. I mean, there's a lot of um, still a lot of people that live through the tail end of the Depression that are alive today, and they're very, very wealthy, but they just live off their Social Security, and they literally will not draw on their accounts and increase their lifestyle because of that point they don't want to pay taxes. So sometimes you have to sit down with them and say, look, you've got all this money in an IRA or an annuity or whatever you bought, and if you take it out over time, you can control your bracket and be under 15%. If you leave it to your children um, and you leave your IRA to your kids, you leave your annuity to your kids, when they inherit it, they're going to pay taxes at their bracket. They're still working. They're making a high wage. So you can talk to them about how you leave money and show them that your kids are going to pay twice as much in taxes as you are. So if you're that person that is in retirement and you have assets that are growing that you're not using, you're lucky enough to have saved enough to have assets that you're just going to leave to your kids, you've got to realize how they're going to be taxed because most people want more money to go to their kids and their charity than to Uncle Sam. Smartest financial planner I know, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online, newfocusfinancial.com. That's new. 
FocusFinancial.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about the investment world. We can talk about the business world. We can talk about why people don't save in their 401k. It's stunning to me. Stunning. I ask people on a regular basis, like, how much are you contributing to your IRA, your 401k, your Roth? None. What are you going to do when you turn 60? And your Social Security check's $1,200. And your bills right now are 6000 Are you with me or against me? Because you've got to choose a side. Tesla's ordering a great number of ion batteries from Panasonic. Enough to quadruple production by 2017. That's the big issue on, on Tesla right now. Is relatively speaking, they don't make enough cars to be a material concept other than in the state of California. Tesla's sitting at $160 a share. It's got no earnings to speak of. It's trading at next year's 95 times earnings. And you have to compare that to companies like Google. 800-516-12... I'm not Google. GM. Got distracted there for a second. So GM's trading at next year's. And again, you know, by the time Tesla catches up to Google in production ability, will GM have enough to have a similar electric vehicle? GM is trading at eight times next year's earnings, not 95. By the time those two get even, will GM have a concept electric vehicle car that they can out-manufacture Tesla with? Because now Tesla's out there. There's no secret how to make a cool-looking car. It's out there. So GM's trading at $37 a share, Tesla $162 a share. None's more expensive than the other based on the price of the stock. It's based on how many shares there are, how many earnings there are per share. Sales per share. SP 500 is up fractions this morning. We've been going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. It's crazy. We're up 25% for the year. Do you feel rich? If you're in your 401k, you do. Dow's up seven. Not quite its record. NASDAQ's up two. Crude oil sits down fractions. Gold sits down up fractions. 10-year treasury sits at 2.48%. A lot of nervousness out there. That's telling me that. You're this Rob Black, your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. Got a big event coming up in San Jose. It's a retirement workshop boot camp, November 7th, Thursday evening. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com or chadburton.com. My site's down right now. Move. Good morning to you. I'm Bob Moon with a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So I'm having some technical issues today. If you haven't been able to tell, me calling GM Google. That's not good. Um, CBS story is very interesting to me that they're developing an online news channel that's going to be streamed. What if that streamed to Netflix or Hulu? Suddenly, you now have movies and TV show content, and you also have news. 
there's no barrier stopping Netflix from making a relationship with the MLS or the NHL or NFL. Saying, look, how about we stream your games? We'll pay you a billion dollars a year to do it. There's no barrier to stop them, is there? Now, right now, there's some exclusivity contracts for broadcasting rights. And, you know, the NFL's not going to jump ship to Netflix that quickly. But as Netflix continues to grow in subscribers, it grows in clout. I think Netflix can add a channel tomorrow, charge an extra two bucks for it, call it the Kids Network. And it would instantly compete with, you know, parents' attention for their children. And their children's eyeballs, i.e. the babysitter, the, the boob tube, television. I find that interesting. The CBS angle, because inside their story, it says... We intend to keep, uh, we find all kinds of exciting opportunities offered by the new platform. We continue to pursue them. What if they make that available on Netflix? Like, the one thing Netflix is missing is live, right? I know, I know. So, congratulations, Social Security check owners. You're going to get an extra $19 a month next month, next year. Woo! Don't blow it all in one place. So, the average benefit will rise. Not that much. How much do you think the average person gets on Social Security? $1,272. U.S. House House votes to delay rules on retirement investment advice. This is, again, one of the reasons I dislike Congress. Right now, you can have a 401k. And your 401k could have the American funds in it, which, you know, garner commission for the broker who set it up at 5.5%. Your teacher, your loving teacher, your loving teacher. I love teachers. I'm automatically inclined to have crushes on teachers. I don't think I ever left my childhood. Your teacher, your elementary school teacher, she could be in the lunchroom today, and a good-looking guy from Hancock International Insurance Agency, which doesn't really exist, but you know what I'm trying to say. Can come in with some pizza. Hey, doll face. You look good in those jeans. How's second grade going? <laughs> all the kids all dress up for school. Looking at Jess as a vampire smart. They're going to be spooky. Oh, by the way, have a piece of pizza. Let me tell you about an exciting opportunity about your 403B. We in your county offer John Hancock International Equity Insurance Company. AAA rated. This wonderful, wonderful annuity. I don't legally have to tell you this, that I'm going to get a big fat commission for signing you up for it. I don't legally have to tell you that the, the fees and the commission are going to cause you to underperform, baby cake doll face. <laughs> have another slice of pizza. My God, you look good in those jeans. So right now, that can happen to your school teacher. An insurance agent can saunter on into school, buy pizza, and get them to buy a crappy product without disclosing the fees and costs. And our government saying, you know what, we're not going to protect investors in the 401k, 403b world. 
It's up to them to read the fine print. Even though we'll redo mortgage laws that say, you know, everything has to be put on one sheet. All fees have to be put on one sheet. We won't, we're not protecting the people, the people who are saving for their own retirement so they don't have to live off crappy Social Security. The teachers who sacrifice to educate our children. And when I say sacrifice, you go sit in a room with 25 teenagers. You tell me if you don't want to, like, jump off a, a, a roof right after it. Unless you're one of the 25 teenagers. Oh, my. Oh, my, Captain. Set phasers on stun. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Market's been going up and up and up and up and up. And the health care issue looms next year. How much is that going to take out of people's pockets? I'm going to tell you. I think more than you think. Now, Europe's looking pretty good. Europe's looking pretty good. Yes, they had their three years of roughness. But they're looking pretty good. Hey, Europe, you look pretty good in them jeans. Mmm. Is that creepy? Mmm. Have a slice of pizza, Europe. So, um, 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 um. Yes, we've got some issues next year. We've got tapering hitting the United States, probably. We've got higher interest rates, maybe. We've got government shutdown, government slowdown, government sequestration, government budget issues. We've got a president who's fallen very, very quickly in popularity for polls. What's he going to do? His legacy is now at stake. You're on the clock, Mr. President. You're on the clock. Do something. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. My website's a big mess right now. It's just a big mess. Um, but it's going to get turned around fast. I'm improving my website a lot like the government's improving their website. Uh, I've got a lot of test data on my website. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be your cat. Having a big 777X, trying to stop Airbus from coming the largest plane with twin engines. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing more. You can sign up for the next big San Jose boot shop on retirement at newfolksfinancial.com. Consider it. Don't miss the free news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. You deserve better. I apologize. Is that believable? Is that believable? Is that believable? That's what's happening right now. Secretary of Health and Human Services, Kathleen Flubilius. Sounds like something you don't want to get health care for. Uh, she's meeting with House Representatives, talking about implementation of the website problems with the Affordable Care Act. That's not good. Let me practice one more time, just in case... I ever have a problem with my lover. You deserve better. I apologize. At the end of the show, I'll do the same thing, because you, the listeners, deserve better. I clearly have nothing to talk about right now. Spooky. Halloween candy beats Wall Street. Spooky. Right? Barbara. Barbara. Um, candy sales don't fall in October, ever. At the height of the Great Recession, 
in the 2008 financial crisis. Stocks are plummeting. Stocks are down. People are talking about the system being broken. Candy sales eked out a three-tenths of a percent gain that year. Holiday shopping was down, but candy shopping was up. Stock market slumps, hurricanes, dental bills, they never seem to shrink. In costs, in expenses. Money in Americans' pockets always seems to have problems. There's a hole in my pocket. Mama, there's a hole in my pocket. I don't know where the money went. Was that believable? I'm trying to see if I can't get into acting. Tesla is now buying enough batteries to quadruple production by 2017. So Tesla buying enough batteries to quadruple production by 2017? What's up with that? They've told Panasonic, we need batteries. Elvis needs boats. Elvis needs boats. Boats, boats, boats. Elvis needs boats. CBS is developing a streaming online news channel. That's a big story out there today. Back to Tesla needing batteries, right? We live in the Bay Area, and we see Teslas. They're cool. They're cool. If you were to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, you probably wouldn't see a Tesla. They're just not making enough of them fast enough to penetrate our auto market. In the Bay Area, yes. These are beautiful vehicles, and GM, Ford, I expect them to copy style. Beauty can be copied. Beauty can be restored. So, I like Tesla as a stock. I would like it if it were to fall significantly. I'm not going to chase performance. There's just too many things that can go the other direction. I will monitor their production. And seeing them, you know, quadrupling production by 2017, it helps. So I'll put that flag in the positive side. Negative side is that GM could copy. Positive side is this is an expensive vehicle with some pretty good margins. They're trying to get around the typical business model of automakers. I hear it's a tough company to work with, work for. I don't know that to be true, but that's what I hear. So, I don't know. I want you to be really careful on investment advice. I can't believe how many people think, you know, one or two bad days means you get out of the stock market. One or two good days means you jump in. Top Social Security taxes can rise to 2.9% in 2014. Benefits are going to grow up to 1.5%. So they're raising the ceiling on how much they can tax the incomes. They're raising the ceiling on the incomes of Social Security taxes. From 113000 up to 117000 Did you know you pay a Social Security tax rate of 12.4%? Maybe, maybe not. Because you're paying 6.2, but your employer is paying 6.2%. That means 10 million high-wage workers will see $7,254 in Social Security taxes taken out of their paychecks in 2014. It's about $200 more than in 2013. So in small little ways, we're being taxed more. And, like, we didn't know that tax was common, did we? 
they raised the ceiling 2.9%, but they only increased Social Security 1.5%. This all adds up. I don't know if you believe it or not, but when you start adding up you know, your 10% income tax, your state, your 10% sales tax, your 6.2, already 26% of your pay is gone. Then you can you know, get into some other factors, like federal taxes. You've got to be very, very, very careful. Even when you buy something, sometimes you get like property taxes. Property taxes. Next couple of months, we're watching some real key trends in the United States economy. Accelerating global GDP. Year-on-year, GDP growth is accelerating for the first time in three years. That's positive. U.S. macro uncertainty has recently fallen to a six-year low. It's set to drop further as the U.S. budget deficit continues to fall. Europe's recovering. Banks are deleveraging. So deleveraging is diminishing. So the uncertainty is dropping, and that's positive. Slowing growth out there. Emerging markets, slowing growth in emerging markets. That's interesting to you know, uh, pay attention to versus developed markets. Due to emerging markets' excessive private sector leverage, commodity exposure, and limited spare capacity in the labor market. Bond yields should continue to rise. People expect the 10-year Treasury to rise to around 3.1% by the second quarter of 2014. So in the next couple of months, we're expected to see the 10-year Treasury make a move, a big move from 2.5% where it's at right now to 3.1%. And it's all probably all said and done in the next six months. Right now, you could probably say, due to what's happening in that 10-year Treasury, you should start to think about, if it does go to 3.1%, underweight U.S. equities relative to global markets. U.S. tends to underperform when global growth accelerates and has demanding relative valuations, which should come down as macro uncertainty declines. I like stocks still. Stocks are known as equities. I think there's an equity risk premium that we always have to pay. So... That's some quick awesomeness for you. I know you're saying thank you for your awesomeness, Mr. Black. You're welcome. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in here. Got a big event, retirement planning event coming up in San Jose. Uh, you can learn more about it. It's Thursday, November 7th. It's in the evening. You can learn more about it by going to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. My website doesn't have the right data on it right now. Story of my life. Story of my life, I tell you. Let's take a break here. Come back, talk money, invest in more. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Changed as Fed ponders its next move. Good morning.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So yesterday I was riding my bicycle. Actually, it's kind of a, an adult tricycle, big wheel. I was close to Electronic Arts over in Redwood Shores. And a big couple jets fly by, 100 feet off the air, 100 feet off the ground. And they put up a big four in front of the building. Why? Because their earnings were great. And they wanted to show off that they got Battlefield 4 coming out. It was pretty scary. You know, when you see the Blue Angels do their, their thing in the bay, it's cool. But you're not, they're not 100 foot above you. When you see a fighter jet do that, it scares you. It puts the fear of, like, a, a little bit of came out, if you know what I'm saying. Like, oh, please don't drop a bomb. Please don't drop a bomb. Okay, 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 okay. I got nothing. Um, going to be talking with economist Dr. Jeff Rosen in a couple moments. Uh, but not right now. We've got the SP500 down 2, the Dow down 16, the NASDAQ down 3. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online, newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk a little asset allocation. It is two words put together that we know in the investment community. Some of us know it better, some of it more intimately. What's asset allocation mean to you, Chad? Well, first of all, let's, let's, let's talk about what it doesn't mean because I think it's a term that's really misunderstood. Okay. Um, a lot of people that start investing think asset allocation means that it's always being in the right asset class all the time and shifting from one asset class to another, which is really the same thing as, as day trading. Now, you want to do a little bit of that once you've accumulated a portfolio, overweight and underweight in different areas, including cash, which is an asset class. But really what asset allocation means is you're trying to build a portfolio to achieve a certain goal with the least amount of risk possible, knowing that you're going to be wrong sometimes, so you still continue to hold on to certain asset classes. Um, like small cap, like emerging markets, which will have you know kind of a three steps forward, two steps back type of a process. And do you look at some people would look at asset allocation, stocks, bonds, and real estate. Do you look at small caps and international, like you just brought up? Do you look at that as a sub asset class, or is it a totally different asset? It's it's a it's an asset class. Okay. So I think that there's times like during the big part of the credit crisis, we steered clear of small caps altogether, for example. Um, because of the risk factors that were involved, but we didn't like doing that for too long, so we still own a, a piece of small cap, which started off 2012, for example, the first month, with, with big gains, for example. You, you just want to maintain a certain exposure to these asset classes, and, and there's more than this stocks, bonds, and real estate. Within stocks, you've got the large cap, mid cap, small cap, but you also have different management styles between value and growth, or even just dividend growth investing. You also have uh, commodities that have to be a part of your portfolio as well. And there's a whole slew of alternative investments that people should be getting, you know, taking a look at and becoming educated on. Within the alternative asset class space, there's managed futures, which is another way to get into currency and commodities. Okay. There is funds that deal with merger and acquisitions. There's funds that deal with what's called kind of the buy right area, which is really covered calls, so it's a way to get into the market with creating income on, on, on different stocks. And there are types of portfolios where if you're trying to find a spot where I don't want to be in cash, but I don't like where bonds are, I don't, stocks maybe feel a little overvalued, you might look, get into funds which hedge with the downside. There's funds out there that mirror the S&P 500. They sell covered calls to create some extra income, and they use that income to buy protective puts, which means you have upside exposure, but it's limited. 
Right. And in trade-off, you have limited downside risk as well. All of those are different pieces that go into asset allocation. The, the idea is that every year in the market you have something that's doing good. So if if you're trying to compare your portfolio just the S&P 500 and the S&P 500 has a roaring year because of tech and financials, for right. example, you're going to underperform a little bit in the good years. But you're going to outperform a lot in the bad years. That's what asset allocation is really about. Seven out of ten years are positive. Three out of ten is negative. It's a three out of ten makes a big difference. That's the math behind asset allocation. Before we get into that, um, comic books, asset, asset or not? Um, is, is, as far as collectibles? Yeah. That's yeah, kind of where I'm I mean, getting at. It, it can be. There. I'm sure there's been some successful comic book collectors out there. Okay. And um, how about art? Do you look at art as an asset class for the wealthy, for the poor? Should people be buying it? Should they not? Yeah, for the wealthy, because typically, you know, there's there are obviously some people that happen to purchase a painting 30 years ago that they didn't realize was going to be drastically... Um, but you got to be good at picking yeah. paintings. It's and not art, like being good at picking stocks and picking mutual funds. you got to be good at that, that unique skill as well. Right. And art, art went through a pretty big bubble. It, just like any asset class, it goes through bubble times. So it's correcting at this point in time. But typically, it's kind of one of those things where in order to be good at accumulating the art that's going to make you money in the long term, you've already got to have a lot of money. I'm with you. So and uh, the idea on that is they're not making, you know, if, if it's a dead artist, Leonardo is not making more art, so to speak. Uh, I can drop that conversation because I'm going nowhere with that. But let's talk about the math of asset allocations. What do we need to know? Well, it's really creating consistent returns because you, the first thing you have to look at is, is the game of math. It's the downside that makes a big difference. So if you drop 50%, you have to get how much to break even? Uh, 100%. Right. I know, so, that, but most people don't. So that's, that's the thing. It's, you, know, you have to focus on, on the 10-year average return. Don't, don't really look at the one- and three-year average return. It doesn't make as much difference. It's the 10-year average return. So if you're trying to compare, let's say you're trying to go for a large-cap growth manager. You make sure that the manager's been there for the entire term of the track record, 10-plus years. You look at the standard deviation. So if you're comparing two funds, you would want the one with the best 10-year average return, the lowest standard deviation, and the most consistency, uh, and maybe even the lowest beta if you're trying to get to funds that are, are less, less volatile as you get close to retirement. So standard deviation, beta, and the consistency of returns is, helps you, you know, understand the math behind asset allocation. Asset allocation and much, much more. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com or find his website, chadburton.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the more shocking, and I love shock, I, lo- I want you to think about ways that you can die early because you have family members or loved ones who count on you. Listen to this. 11% of drivers admit to having sexual activity while driving. 11%. That's 1 in 10. On top of that, 19% admit to having eaten a meal with a fork, spoon, or knife. Now, you hear these numbers, and you're like, well, that's sexier. That's gross. Or, or yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Like, 10% of it to having applied makeup. I know it's a lot higher than that. 9% have flirted with another driver. <laughs> hey, baby, in the blue car. Hey, baby, in the blue car. Blue, no, 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 other blue car. Honk if you like me. Um... Some have read a book. 4% have read a book. Is that not shocking? Like, I'm going to die by that. Someone's going to be reading, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that's going to be what kills me. Kiyosaki's going to kill me. 
These are shocking numbers. Coming up, Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com. I bet a lot less shocking than that titillating little experience there. It's Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. Big event coming up in San Jose, my last retirement seminar of the year, November 7th. Rarty features revealing interviews. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. We have a runaway market at this point in time. It seems to make new highs on a daily basis. Even though we keep hearing in the media that the economy is not that great. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen, chiefeconomistbriefing.com. Dr. Jeff Rosen, how are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm okay. Um, sum up what I just said there and give me your thoughts. Uh, we seem to have a runaway market, and yet our economy is not that hot, hot, hot. I mean, there's definitely a disconnect between the okay. stock market and the economy, and it's been like this for a long time now. And you know, the common thought of it is that you know the Fed keeps stimulating the economy, keeps putting money in, and keeps making bonds to be something uh, not desirable and you know people have to put money in somewhere so it ends up in the stock market and it drives prices up so you know is this a fed induced credit bubble or you know equity bubble it's it's pretty uh it's pretty good theory and, and I, I can't disagree with that do all bubbles in badly in this case the stock market <laughs> um they all end up badly for somebody. Um, does it mean that the whole market's going to crash? Probably not. Does it mean that there's a possibility that the whole market could crash? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a little bit slower of a more, uh, you know, slower growth or a slight pullback in um, in equities as the Fed starts tapering. But you know, if you look at the economy, you know, at the economy, Fed's not going to start tapering until next year at some point. So, you know, there's a long way to go before that happens. I read a report out, I want to say by Goldman today, oh, no, it was Credit Suisse, that they expect the 10-year Treasury to hit 3.1% in the second quarter 2014. If that happens, is that normalized? That's kind of where we should be? Or is that things are looking up in the world and that's where we should be? Or is that just a shot in the dark? I think it's a shot in the dark. I mean, okay. the Fed, if you if you look at rates, you know, the theoretical models suggest that long-term rates are just an extension of short-term rates. So in order to get a 3% um, uh, move on the 10-year, you'd have to have, you know, Fed funds rate normalizing, you know, to at least 3% in, you know, a couple years, and then you know, go up a little bit from there. And I think that's not a reasonable outlook, um, especially when you look at the economy. I mean, if you look at if you if you do things based on the Taylor rule and you use just the economic uh, projections from the Fed, which are are no means conservative, you know, you, you don't get a, an increase in Fed funds rate until 2015-2016. So to get a three percent ten-year at that point, it, it just doesn't make sense. You would expect that. The Fed would start hiking rates well before the economy uh, is properly tuned. 
I heard a statement last week that I repeated with your Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst Briefing.com yesterday, that I thought it was kind of interesting. The statement was the stock market, the S&P 500, can do well when U.S. GDP goes between 2 and 4%, maybe not so well at 1%, really great at 5%. But we're now in a world where we're looking at world GDP versus U.S. GDP, if you want to see how the S&P 500 is going to do. Do you think there's some economic truth in that statement? Well, yeah, because you're getting some companies that are making you know, a large percentage of their profits from overseas. So if you're looking at a U.S. stock price, and the stock price isn't moving based on U.S. fundamentals, it's moving because they're expanding growth and making money and expanding their business outside, then you want to look at the world you know, economy. If you're looking at a you know, company that's more U.S.-centric, you know, looking at world GDP probably isn't going to do much in terms of overall trends in that particular stock. But as the economy becomes more global and as more companies in the stock market um, rely on global economic growth as their means of of increasing the business, then, yeah, you're going to see more correlations with uh, with global trends. Okay. You as an economist, how do you pay attention to glo- do you pay attention to global data? Do you trust global data? Is global data as good as U.S. data? It depends on where it's coming from. The European okay. data is pretty good uh, for the most part. Um, Eurostat, which is the organization that kind of uh, conglomerates all of the uh, individual country estimates for GDP and stuff, it, it, it is good. Um, I wouldn't trust data coming from Argentina, especially inflation data. Uh, I don't necessarily trust data from China, but I look at China's numbers and trends, and I think the trends are pretty accurate for what's going on, but maybe not the actual uh, number that they're giving. Um, but there's a lot of things. I mean, when I basically look at global economic growth, I, I stick with the IMF. Um, they put out you know numbers, I think, twice a year on their projections, and they do a very good job of explaining why they think this is going to happen and why they think this is going to happen and that. And, uh, you know, I, I look at that and, and, and I base my my forecast for global economic growth based on do I agree with the IMF or not. And, and I think their models are pretty sound. Um, what are you working on? I've kind of monopolized this conversation with my wants and desires. Let's hear yours. I am just basically trying to see where the consumer is right now. Um, we got the financial obligations ratio released by the Fed yesterday. It's a uh, basically it's a number that states what your what, what what percentage of disposable income is required on minimum payments for mortgages, your credit cards, and autos. And it's really really low. It's about a one percentage point below where it was in the 90s. And a lot of this is because interest rates are so low that you know even if you have a relatively high credit card debt, you don't have to make a relatively high uh, uh, minimum monthly payment. And the same thing with car loans. You know, most people that got their car loans now are getting, you know, zero to one percent, uh, you know, in, you know, interest payments on their car. So there's a lot of money that can be spent but are not being spent, you know, because we have reduced our, our required rates, but they're not using that money that they used to have to pay to buy anything. So, you know, where would the economy be if these people just, you know, woke up and said, hey, interest rates are low, I could afford to take on more debt at these rates, why don't I spend more money? And we're not seeing it. Next year, I've been recently talking about health care and the cost. I've gotten a lot of emails from people saying their health care coverage was dropped 
they went to the website, the healthcare website, and it looks like it's going to go up $150 plus. So they went from $250 to $400 a month as individual healthcare mandates go into effect. Will that have a negative stimulus on the economy, if that's true? It's true if it's a negative on the aggregate. You know, there's always winners and losers whenever you pass, you know, legislation such as this. I mean, you'll have some people, you know, that have pre-existing conditions that are spending a ton of money every month because they can't get insurance to, you know, help alleviate some of these costs. They're going to save money. You know, someone my age, you know, I'm 35 and uh, relatively healthy. You know, you're going to see, you know, your health care costs rise because you weren't spending. You didn't need to, you know, have insurance for much. You didn't need to spend things. So you're taking money out of me, but you're, you know, giving money, so to speak, to somebody else. And the whole point then is, which is larger? You know, is it is the cost coming from me going to be larger than the uh, the money that people could spend that weren't spending it before? If that's true, then you're going to have better economic growth through the law. If that's negative, then you're going to have worse off economic growth. I keep getting inundated with calls about Social Security failing, Medicaid failing, um, the millennials, the 20 to 35s, not having children, and therefore they're not creating higher taxes for themselves with expenses tied towards houses and such. But they're not having kids, so maybe their grandchildren will inherit a good world because they won't have as many people on Social Security and Medicaid. <laughs> so the, the grandchildren and the millennials, are they looking good? I'm kidding. I'm you're kidding. looking 2100 and beyond at that point. Boy, you know, I don't look nearly that far off. I mean, if you look at Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security right now, the way the law is written, uh, it's going to fail. I mean, it's right. just it, it's math. So the question is, what are they going to do to prevent that from failing, or are they just going to let it fail? And, and you know, likely it's going to happen. And, and um, Patrick O'Hare wrote this in a uh, in a, a comment on Briefing.com the other day. Is you know the millennials are the ones who are going to get kind of screwed, and, and Gen X is is really going to get screwed because they're going to have to increase either the age that you can uh, receive these benefits, or the cost, or both. And you know, fair or unfair, that, that's the only way to keep the program going, or you'll have to end it completely. What does an economist like yourself, Patrick O'Hare, dress up as for Halloween this year? Well, uh, my kids are going up, growing, uh, are dressing up as Darth Vader and Darth Maul uh, from Star Wars, and nice. uh, to fill in with that, I'm dressing up as Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> so, for you. Yeah, we, we, I try to stay away from uh, dressing up as, as an occupation, and uh, you know, as much as I could, unless I was a professional hockey player, then I would walk around in my jersey all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Darth Vader represented the um, industrialization of mankind and how we lost our souls in that process? Yeah, I never heard that theory. Put that on your kid tonight. Just <laughs> put that on your kid. <laughs> He's only four and a half, so I don't think he'll uh, he'll quite understand that. We're having trouble with uh, the Lorax and uh, you know the destruction of, of the environment and what can that, what that can do to the uh, to the world. <laughs> I love I love the human side of people. Thanks for sharing that with me. Thanks. That's Patrick, no, that's not Patrick O'Hare, that's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com, Briefing.com. I myself am going as the greatest mystery detective of all time, Velma.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I want to thank briefing.com for giving me Dr. Jeff Rosen. My line got cut off there before I was able to say. It's a great website, great content, very thought-provoking. I love the moment that he started talking about Halloween, and you can hear that you know he's got nothing but pride in his children who are young. Going as Darth Vader and Darth Maul, and he's going as Jabba the Hutt. That's pretty cool. Good dad. I always like hearing stories like that. Now, good dad transitions into bad mom, or is she a good mom? One woman in Fargo, North Dakota, is going to be handing out letters instead of candy to children she believes to be moderately fat or obese. The note reads, Happy Halloween and Happy Holidays, Neighbor. You're probably wondering why your children just received this note. Have you ever heard the saying, It takes a village to raise a child? I'm disappointed in the village of West Fargo. Your child is, in my opinion, moderately obese and should not be consuming sugar or treats to the extent of some children's Halloween season. My hope is that you will step up as a parent and ration candy this Halloween and not allow your child to continue these unhealthy eating habits. Thank you. She explained on a radio interview that she wants to send a message to parents of kids who are really overweight. I think it's really irresponsible parents to send their kids out looking for free candy just because other kids are doing it. Now, in a poll, 89% of Americans say she's mean. 11% say she's okay. Is she setting a good example or not? It's not, and see, that's where the problem becomes, or the problem comes. It's not up to me to tell you about your fat kids, even though I want to. They're big old oompa loompas, and you're, you're hurting them. We live in a very competitive world at this point in time, competitive on education, competitive on looks. Now, in the state of California, we're not supposed to take into account age or looks, but I think it's fair to say sometimes it happens. So, I think you're setting your kid up. I mean, I know that food is expensive. I know that, you know, the cheap foods that are easy on the teeth and easy on the stomach are, you know, high carbs. Please be cautious. There's one thing I can teach you. It's like, take good care of your teeth, but also, don't let your kids grow up to be, you know, big. Within reason, I do believe some of it's genetics. But also, I do believe that a lot of it is video games and and staying inside. We live in the greatest state of the nation. Literally, you can go for 30-minute walks within five minutes of your house, every one of us. You can get some awe-inspiring mountain lions eating children, (laughs) eating the fat hoopalooping kids. Ah, look, it's a mountain lion eating Willie. That's so cute. He couldn't run away. So anyway, I, does a woman leaving a note, is she cool or I'd go, I think she's uncool. But I think she's saying what a lot of people are afraid to say. And I think that's one of the reasons America is failing. Because you can't say that to my kid. Comes out of our mouth a little bit too fast. You know, I, I knew a teacher who had to quit teaching because parents were, you know, kind of scared of his style. I, I believe in second place, I believe in third place, I believe in fourth place. I think it's okay. I think we need to learn how to lose in dignity. Which, I tell you as a nation, we don't. Go take a look at who lost the Super Bowl last year and see if there was any riots in their city. 
right? Even when we win, we riot. We lose, we riot. We win, we riot. We win, we make out with people we don't know. Uh, yes, San Francisco did lose the Super Bowl last year, and there was some violence in the streets. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you're doing, anything you want to do, talk about what we can talk about. Um, be safe on Halloween. I'm going as Velma, the world's greatest mystery detective, uh, because I myself consider myself a mystery detective and trying to figure out the mystery of savings and retirement and investing. Um, I'm going to be at that Income Expo today. If anyone wants to drop by and donate a cell phone, I'll be there from 1 to 2 today doing CFP Chadburton's new Focus on Wealth show. Uh, hopefully I can get some people out there donating phones. I'm raising some phones for a fundraiser for charitable donation this holiday season. Yes, we are in holiday season. Tesla's buying batteries to quadruple production. That's one of the big stories out there. Boeing is go- doing a big deal for their 777X, which is a new version of their 777. Uh, and they're just trying to keep pace with what uh, Airbus is doing. Electronic sh- art shares are doing incredibly well. Congratulations to the boys over at Electronic Arts. They make fun games, and they give us a little bit of escapism, which I think we all need from time to time. Uh, to get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Taking a look at the stock market, uh, SP500 looks for a fifth consecutive advance today. The FOMC directive comes out today at 1 o'clock Pacific time. Consumer discretionaries are doing well. Financials, industrials, materials, technology, utilities. Weakness is seen in consumer staples, energy, healthcare, and telco. We've got a market that's slightly down, but the SP500, all-time high yesterday. Dow Jones Industrial Average is close to it. SP500 is having a much better year um, than all the other indices. Now the markets are looking to turn negative. Uh, just making new lows for the day. Dow's down 28, NASDAQ down 14. 10-year Treasury sits down 2.48%. We want to see that kind of like getting closer to 3 than 2.5 than to 2. Um, that tells you there's some concern about taper talk. There's concern about bubbles. There's some problems in the system, to say the least. Social Security is going up a whopping a little bit more than 1%, 1.5%, which equals about $19 a month. Average Social Security checks to be about 1272 our government, while they're at it, they're raising the amount of income that could be taxed for Social Security. Keep in mind that a large portion of your salary goes into Social Security to pay other people uh, to be retired and not working. Um, I don't know. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.